This is Let Your Voice Be Heard, right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. Oh, that WHCR 90.3 FM, our regular recording studio, is under construction for indefinitely. So we're going to be here at Citizen Action New York. Stanley was generous enough to lend us his office, and we're going to be having Facebook Live shows to really engage and talk to you guys. So no more studio, but we're right here. Yeah, and and the podcast. We're going to keep doing yes. the podcast. Yes, and we're going to continue the podcast. And if you're a first-time listener or watcher, uh, Let Your Voice Be Heard is a show where we talk politics, social issues, pop culture, foreign policy, and we do that all from a diverse perspective obviously. millennial perspective well i mean i feel like millennial is obvious like i don't need like yeah. hey i'm a millennial so yeah. i kind of like yeah so yeah we're here my name is selena hill and you can follow me on instagram and twitter at miss selena hill and i also want to give a shout out to our new intern of let your voice be heard yeah. dejanae richardson she's she's over there she's gonna be if you guys have any comments She's going to be monitoring those comments, talking to you guys, and we'll probably read some while we're doing this live show. But enough about me. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Good morning. This is a new adventure. Isn't this interesting? It is. It is. Interesting is. is a good word. Well, why don't you Someone could have gave us a thumbs down. <laughs> so, so, so you guys know, nice. um, because we care about this show and we care about our audience, we wanted to make sure we could still do the show, um, even if we didn't have a studio. That costs money. So what you see right here is pretty much a ragtag makeshift um, podcast studio with a mixer, a mic, one headphone, and Facebook Live. If you want to help us to, to like ramp up and get some better equipment, which will make for a better podcast, we'll have a GoFundMe page going up later today, and you can give. We need $400 for a four-mic mixer and some better sound. And obviously, we changed the new studio, so it costs money to commute, and we could really appreciate you guys' support. So stay tuned for those details. But until then, you got us on Facebook Live, and you still will have the podcast. Just know the sound will be a little bit off for a couple of weeks. And who are you? Oh, who the hell am I? So my name is Stanley Fritz, and you can find me on Twitter at Stan Fritz. You can find me on Facebook at, I don't know, I'm on Facebook now. You can find me on Instagram at Stan Fritz, and on Snapchat, Dark Skin Swindle, but I don't even use that. I haven't used Snapchat in, do you still use Snapchat? No, I stopped using Snapchat. You're all Instagram story Yeah, I'm all, all into Instagram. Yeah, you are all Instagram story. Um, well, hi, I'm Jackie Cohen. I am political correspondent for Let Your Voice Be Heard. You can follow me on Twitter, on Instagram at Jackie Cohen. I spell it J-A-Q-I-C-O-H-E-N. Um, and this is my first show back in like two months because I was away mm. getting married and on my honeymoon. So this is what a welcome. Honey, you <laughs> haven't been to the studio since. No, I was no because we didn't have a show last week. This wow. is my first show back. And, Yo, and you're trash. For I, I know. This is what happens when you join the Handmaid's Tale. Yeah, yeah, right, you exactly. Know, well, we're all woman. in the Handmaid's Tale now. Oh, right, so. that's right, we are. Um, anyways, you know, speaking of the law. Yeah. Um, I'm your political and legal correspondent. My name is Alyssa Fuchs. You can find me on Facebook at facebook.com/slash/alyssafuchs. That's Alyssa with an I I L Y S S A. F-U-C-H-S, if you're nasty. Um, or on Twitter, at Alyssa Fuchs. Or, of course, on Instagram, Alyssa.Fuchs, you know, because i got to mix it up and stuff. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, you can also leave a comment or a question on the Politically Preposterous fan page. And we'll also be taking comments and questions um, on Twitter and, you know, everywhere else you can find us. So keep tuning in. Make sure you let us know what you think about this crazy Kavanaugh mess that we are in now. Because um, we're in it. And, um, yeah. 
Yes. I mean, I'm excited for today's show. Yeah, we have a lot to talk about. There's been at least five million news stories and things that happened in the past week that we're going to talk about during the news roundup. And then, as Alyssa just alluded, we're going to spend a substantive amount of time unpacking what happened with Brett Kavanaugh, who was just confirmed last night, literally like, what, 12, 14, 16 hours ago. So it hasn't even been a full 24 hours, and we have a new Supreme Court Justice, Brett Kavanaugh, who is just as atrocious as we know we knew he would be. Yeah. Um, so we're going to talk about that, but how about we kick things off with the news roundup? I mean, there's been plenty to talk about. Can we talk about something not devastating? I don't know if there was any news. Oh, I, I, my news roundup stories are pretty devastating, so let's not start with uh, that. You know, why don't we start it with the officer who got convicted for once in yeah. uh, Chicago of killing a, a black man, a young black man, Laquan McDonald, and they actually got a conviction for murder, and um, you know people are pretty happy about that because a lot of times that doesn't happen, as yeah. we know. Why? Why, in your opinion, is this the one? Right? Like, why so often do officers not get convicted for even on tape when they when they kill an unarmed person? So I mean, so often they don't get convicted because of well, a variety of different reasons. One, the prosecutor controls the grand jury process. So, like for example, in the Eric Garner case the prosecutor was Dan Donovan. He controlled what evidence he puts in the grand jury and what evidence he doesn't. And, you know, the common logic is the grand jury would indict a ham sandwich. So if the grand jury is not doing that, you can usually say, like, what evidence did not make it in the grand jury? Mm -hmm. Obviously, sometimes there's events on video, but then the officer says, like, oh, I was, like, scared for my life. I thought the person had a weapon. And a jury buys it. Jury selection is really important. The composition of the jury. Um, If you have a predominantly white, middle class suburban jury, you're probably not going to get the kind of outcome you're going to get if you have a jury made up of people that are more, you know, in tune to police misconduct issues. So there's a variety of different reasons. That said, you know, not wanted this to be a happy story. I'm not sure if that conviction is going to stick. I mean, they're already talking about an appeal and there's a possibility that that conviction could get overturned. You know what's ridiculous about this case? He shot him 16 times. Like, Laquan was not doing anything. Laquan was standing several feet away from him, not being threatening. And in the original report, they said that Laquan lunged at the cop and he had a knife in his hand. And after they shot him, he got back up. And then when you watch the video, you'll see Laquan is doing none of those things. And the guy shoots him with an automatic rifle. 16 times. And he still might walk after the appeal. Yeah, and he was basically saying things like, "Well, the cameras don't show things from my perspective." Yeah, and if it wasn't, and if it wasn't, I mean, if it wasn't for those cameras, they don't. I think he initially lied and said that Laquan McDonald lunged at him with a knife, and it's it's like that did not happen. So thank God for the cameras. And you know, fun fact: so the chief of police at the time, he was fired from the police force um, by Rahm Emanuel, who was a trash mayor, I'm glad he's not running again. That chief, former chief, is running for mayor in Chicago on that platform. But you know, since we've already started dark, the officer that killed Tamir Rice, he just got yes. a new police officer job. So, yep. which is why police licensing is such an important issue. People yeah. don't even talk about that. So, like, r- your barber has to have a license yeah. in order to be your barber. Yeah. If your barber accidentally like cuts you from ear to chin and you make a complaint and your barber loses his license, he then cannot go get hired at another barber shop because he no longer has a barber license. Well, in some states, they actually have police license, um, meaning a police officer has to go get a license just like a lawyer or a doctor or a barber or a boxer and, or, how do they not 
have that in every state. Yeah, so we don't have that in New York, and a lot right. of states don't have that. And so because there's no, like, uniform licensing procedure for police officers, um, lots of times police officers who commit misconduct in one precinct can just turn up at a different police department, you know, a couple miles down the road and apply for a job, and nobody ever does, like, a cross-background check. And because there's no licensing scheme, um, there's no way to, like, take away their license That's to practice well, law enforcement. It's like yeah. a consumer protection issue. Like, you want your... It's something I've just been working on in New York. Just yeah. to scale it back, Tamir Rice, as you guys know, he was 12 years old when he was shot and killed in Ohio, uh, Cleveland, Ohio. I think it was in November 2012. He had a toy gun in the open Yes, he had a, Right. And the cops, I literally watched a video, two white police officers or white-looking police officers. Two white officers. Okay, they were white. Uh, they jumped out of the car, and I think within a split section, they just literally shot and killed yeah. him. They just jumped out and shot and popped. And like. then, literally, he was bleeding to death on the grass. No one was giving him CPR, trying to help this 12-year-old little black boy. Then they arrested his sister. Right, and they arrested him because she was, she was hysterical. But the thing is, like, she literally just watched her brother be murdered. But here's the other thing about the officer, not to give you guys a blast in the past, he had failed multiple other like forces, the test to get on those forces because he had cognitive issues. He he did not understand the difference between like using your gun to protect yourself and just using it sparingly. He failed the IQ test multiple times. It he it took him seven to eight times to find a force that would hire him, and then that happened. He murdered somebody, and now he's on another force. That tells you how much the police in this country value. And right. the hiring officer, I think, said that he deserved a second chance, which is a slap in the face to Tamir Rice's family because he doesn't have a second yeah. chance at life. He's dead. Yeah, that's wild. Um, yeah, and it, it's wild how how often you see these cases and see the cops that that kill these individuals that have a history of bad behavior um, and there's so many ways where you could see intervention preventing that that final incident from happening but nothing happens it's, so, it's look, oh, just sorry, real ahead. quick guys I want to tell you unfortunately if you're watching the Facebook live you cannot see the banner that we have written up here so it is facebook.com slash let your voice be heard radio or Instagram be heard underscore radio please leave us a comment uh, we will try next time bless you to get that banner a little lower down there for you so you can comment with us um, anyways moving on so did you guys watch the UFC fight last night between Conor McGregor and I forgot the guy's name Con no well, but hold on, wasn't Drake cheering for um, McGregor I don't know Drake's a groupie I don't know so Conor McGregor lost but that wasn't a bad thing he tapped out and then he got jumped by Khan's team. Then Khan jumped over the UFC fence to go back into the ring and beat up McGregor. McGregor had to be escorted out of the stadium by the police and security. Well, wow. I mean, look, you know, it, it, McGregor is just another problematic white man who look, got himself into trouble here in Brooklyn. For I saw him, actually. I was going to work, and there were all these people around the Brooklyn courthouse. Sorry, I'm snapping. So, and I was like, what is going on? And I saw him come out of the courthouse. I, was actually I had no idea about the story until I saw him. At the courthouse that yeah. day. Um, but, I mean, this is a guy who literally committed a crime in New York. Not allegedly. Like, pled guilty yeah, to the crime. Yeah. Um, and, like, was caught on camera doing it. And basically, because of celebrity and money and whiteness and a variety of other things, is going to suffer you know, like very little consequences in the form of like 200 something hours of community service. 
Um, but meanwhile, as you know, we have young black men living in New York City, many of whom are sitting in jail at Rikers Island on $500 bail that they can't make on some kind of petty offense. So, you know, like that just speaks to the bigger issues in criminal justice that are currently going on. Um, and, you know, like just to like loop that into a news story obviously um you know the big thing this week was like colin kaepernick is you know that's been con continuing conversation about that um and the fact that you know everybody is you know still very happy about the fact that he got that nike endorsement and you know to the point where i had some friends telling me they're gonna start watching football again even though he still doesn't have a job yeah, well it, it's so funny i had yeah. a um yeah. i had a, a conversation with charlamagne the god on friday and he brought it up and he was like you know, are we supposed to support the NFL? Because if you look, think about it, Nike is a sponsor of the NFL. Colin Kaepernick wants to play in the NFL. So why are we boycotting the NFL if that's the goal? Can I say something? I'm boycotting the NFL for okay. a couple of reasons. One, they're racist, period. Two, they, they apologize for abusers. I can't. I just can't look the other okay. way anymore. Greg Hardy beat his girlfriend up so bad that she had bruises around her neck that lasted for months. She he threatened to murder her, yeah. and they made him the captain of the football team. Then there was a kicker on the Giants who, in his diary, said, "I'm God mm -hmm. and I can kill my wife." And the owner said, "We stand by this mm -hmm. man." The NFL does not care about women. Definitely doesn't care about black people. A guy nails during the anthem, and you say that you hope that he dies. That's where. That's what administrative. Administration officials were saying when he was still playing, when they were asking him off the record, oh, this guy's done for it. He's a traitor. No, screw yeah. that. Up. Think about how many how many homes football's on in every single week, right? Think about how many people spend money, invest time into the NFL as an organization, and then they totally you know, um, apologize for this kind of behavior. And that has a pervasive sort of rippling effect, I think, on our culture. And then you see someone like Brett Kavanaugh get confirmed for the Supreme Court, and we wonder, like, how is this acceptable? How are people okay with this? Yeah. It's not just in politics where this kind of behavior is accepted and, and apologized for. It's it's everywhere. And I think that certainly as a sport, then, and as an organization, and, you know, no, I'm not saying that every other sport organization in this country isn't problematic, but the NFL certainly has made no effort to correct their their bad behavior yeah. they like play a, a domestic violence ad during the super bowl and call it a day and that's that's not enough well, well what do you guys think are you guys boycotting and protesting nfl or are you siding with nike and cap who seem to be pro nfl in a very convoluted not direct way let us know we're taking comments on facebook live so feel free to leave them there and shout out to everyone who has already been leaving their comments yeah, I mean, look, I'm, I'm boycotting football for the reasons you just mentioned, the social justice reasons. I'm also boycotting football over the CTE issue. Yeah. The NFL has not taken right. CTE seriously. Mm -hmm. um, there are people dying, and there are young kids getting involved in football now that are not being given the proper equipment or the proper training about how to, you know, uh, engage themselves in a game physically without having a head injury. Um, I think that's a hugely problematic issue over and above and aside from the social justice issues. You know, and my team sucks because I'm a Jets fan. You're a Jets fan? <laughs> and for those of you who don't know what CTE stands for, it is chronic traumatic encephalopathy. 
Encephalopathy. Thanks for educating us, Stanley. That is exactly why I did not attempt to say that. Thanks, Stanley, for telling us the wrong way to pronounce it. Encephalopathy. I can't help you. Encephalopathy. Encephalopathy. There we go. And that is a progressive degenerative disease of the brain found in people with history of repetitive brain trauma. So people like Jackie and and probably me after reading this. Yeah, so, you know, well, speaking of uh, brain trauma, the president has a lot of it. Oh. Um, and so this week, the president is, uh, you know, um, basically uh, gaslighting everybody again um, by, you know, holding rallies where he's talking about crowd size and saying that the mm. number of people that were down in D.C. this week and the crowd size were small. So I tweeted back to him, it's not the size of the crowd, it's the motion of the ocean. Okay. And the blue wave is a coming. Yeah. <laughs> oh, nice. That was a good response. Doesn't feel like it right now with the way they're winning. Yeah, right. So Albert Camano actually chimed in about Kavanaugh, which we're going to get into deep discussion about in a few more minutes. And he said, "What do you think? What did you think about this? I posted that Senator Collins was a coward for not voting, and I guess purposely played it safe so she doesn't offend anyone or of her support." any one of her supporters mm. or future supporters and by the way she voted against equal pay for women and then albert says i got attacked and let's hold that for the yeah, yeah. Say, no 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 but so basically i was just going to say albert thank you for chiming in we are definitely going to get more into that discussion about um senator collins kavanaugh and what happened but in the meantime i do want to read you a comment about the conversation we were just having from jason johnson he says, I haven't watched a single game this year. He's talking about the NFL or last year until the NFL changes how they do things. I cannot support it from the domestic issues to Kaepernick. They're just making the wrong steps, but they're also marketing to a different demographic than the NBA. Yeah. I think that's a really good comment. They're marketing to old white guys that beat their wives and barbecue. And, and he like also powerbomb each other at stadiums or in tailgate parties. So you can have it. Went on to say that, yes, he had offers, but he would have had to give up protesting. So let's be clear about yeah. what we're talking about. Yeah, and right. I think that's a really good response to that. Yeah, man. So um, I just want to go back in time real quick. So um, the Kennedy Center um, Foundation has started this mass bailout in New York City where they're bailing out all women and people under the age of 18 from Rikers Island. So they just bailed out their first wave of people, and this has made Mayor de Blasio and the chief of police very nervous. They are not happy about this. The New York Post has had a lot to say about this. And it's brought up an argument um, for a lot of people who they say they're supportive of bail reform in theory, but now that it's actually... Like, we're building people out in practice, they had some feelings. So I want to see what you guys thought about this. I mean, this argument from Bill de Blasio and the New York Post is a complete sham. It's totally disingenuous. You want to know why? Because our bail statute here in New York says that you are not allowed to consider somebody's dangerousness or public safety when you are setting bail. When you decide to set bail, under New York State law, you are only allowed to consider one factor. Will they return to court or not? That's it. What did de Blasio say? They're saying, oh, we might be letting dangerous people out. Well, guess what? If the prosecutors thought that these people were dangerous, then they had the option to set no bail, meaning give them remand, which is the only way that a prosecutor can deal with public safety issues under the New York State law. So if they think somebody's seriously dangerous, then they can set remand without bail. But if they're making a decision to set bail, they are making that decision based solely on whether or not that person will return to court. They are not allowed by law to discuss whether or not that person is of danger to public safety. Bail is so, completely arbitrary. And it only exists for one reason, which is to keep poor people in jail, right? Like there's no other, I, I don't see it, at, see there being any other benefit except 
for people in power to keep those without a press, right? Like mm -hmm. you have people like Khalif Browder who sat in jail for how much was his bail? Fifteen hundred. What I thought it was even less than that, right? Um, look, the percentage he had to pay was less than that. But, but so. overall, fifteen hundred dollars for how many years did he sit Three. in Three. Rikers? Over Three a stolen book bag. Years over a stolen book bag, right? Because they couldn't. Pay. And I don't even think that they knew the amount. His family knew. Is that correct? Um, I'm not sure. I'm not clear. But that happens a lot of times where you're sitting in Rikers and you don't even know how much your bill is, and you'll be there for years. Come to find out, your bill was a dollar. And just so that people know, there is a website that you can go to get that information. If you go into Google and type in New York City inmate lookup, I hate the word inmate I call the people in jail but if you google New York City inmate lookup you can go directly into the Rikers Island website type in somebody's name and it will tell you exactly how much their bail is yeah and yeah. a lot of people don't know that information so I think as a lawyer and a social justice advocate it's really important for me to just tell people like hey you can go get that information um, very easily people who are in prison can't get that information because they don't have access to the internet yeah. but as a family or a friend on the outside you can totally get access to that yeah information. right yeah, yeah absolutely so I did want to switch gears a little bit. So uh, we all know what's happening with the whole Kavanaugh saga, and we're going to uh, talk about that a little later. So Melania Trump, who has become infamous for wearing the most inappropriate outfits during any type of political firestorm. We remember when she visited the children uh, who, were, uh, who were brought to this country by their parents who were immigrants. She wore a shirt, like a, a jacket that said, I don't really care, do you? So this week, well, last week, she decided to go to Africa and wear a controversial colonial type outfit. So like she literally was in Kenya dressed in um, what's called a pith helmet. And it's reminiscent of the 19th century, what 19th century British officers wore. So basically this hat that Melania Trump was wearing in Africa, it symbolizes oppression, imperialism, colonialism, because this is what the white officers were wearing when they colonized uh, Africa. So literally that's what she decided to wear a few days Can ago. We her Can we just like file this under the headline, are you surprised? Yeah, right. Yes, because it's why? Why, why are you keep being surprised about I'm these not things? Surprised, but She's the, a problematic white woman. White people get a white, like, you know. White people are gonna white. That, that's a quote for the books. Can we tweet that out? White people are gonna white. But like the bar is already so low and then somehow Trump, his family and administration always find a way to set it even lower. Like. Who is around her? Like, who was like, great, go to Africa and look like an imperialist in what, a Where in Africa was she? Kenya. Oh, God. She was in Obama's hood. They didn't <laughs> jump her. Obama, get your people. You want to send Treyway after her? I don't know. It, it's just, it looks ridiculous. So, FYI, Melania, stop. Um, yeah. You know, speaking know of, of, of foreign countries and, and I guess foreign diplomats, um, there was a story that, that came out this week that was extremely concerning to me as an LGBT person, and it is that the United States is no longer going to issue visas to same-sex partners of diplomats. Mm -hmm. And the reason why this is so concerning um, is because a lot of these people cannot legally get married in the countries where they come from, and in fact, could be killed or subjected to being put in prison in the countries where they come from, even for having a same-sex partner. So you have people that are UN diplomats from other countries. They're here, they're living mostly in New York um, because of course that's where the UN is. And they have partners that are same-sex partners and they can't legally get married in their country. Um, and so they're basically just like a domestic partner. But under the Obama administration, we would give them visas as if they were married because the Obama under administration understood that 
a lot of these people could not actually go to their country and get legally married or for whatever reason we're not eligible to get legally married here in this country yeah. um, and now the Trump administration is saying like we're not going to do that anymore which means some of these people the partners of diplomats may end up having to be expelled from the United States because they don't have legal immigration status to stay anymore and because they've been openly gay here in the United States they could be deported back to their country um, where they could be killed or jailed uh, because of what they did here so yeah, um, like I mean I've spent a lot of this week crying and I cried when I heard this yeah, news too yeah. it's just absolutely terrible yeah. this country is trash guys it really this is it's really trash right now so I mean are we up to Gosh. the point where we get to be depressed for another 30 minutes or is this still, still I, I think I think we are at that point yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I'm sorry to end the news roundup on such a horrible note so but I, yes Sorry, Selena, but like real quick, guys. So that was a news roundup where we talk about our news stories and things that happened throughout the week. If you ever have a news story you want us to share, leave us a comment on Facebook Live, or you can tweet at us at BeHeard underscore radio. On IG Live, it's BeHeard underscore radio as well. And when we're at the studio, it's um, 212 650 6903. Write that down and use that in about 20 minutes. If you want to call us, Stanley's number is 718 Actually, you can also call Selena at 1-800-223-9797. Anyway. That's Hot 97. I'm literally in walking distance. Yeah, call Hot 97 and ask her to Thank you for watching. Everyone who's watching oh, right now, I really appreciate you. Oh, and Ben. Oh, God, Jackie's on. But, you know, Ben, good to see you as usual. Good Selena, job, go Ben. Ahead. Good job. Yeah, <laughs> so uh, moving things along, uh, now we're going to jump into this whole chaotic scene with Judge, unfortunately, Judge Brett Kavanaugh. He was confirmed to the Supreme Court on Saturday by one of the slimmest margins in American history. So basically this means that the Trump administration and Republicans have succeeded in locking in a solid conservative majority on the Supreme Court uh, for a generation. Uh, this also means that the, the heated battle that was happening with Judge Kavanaugh over Me Too, he was accused of sexual assault and we were hoping that the fact that he assaulted multiple women who were bold enough to speak out we were hoping this would keep him from being approved to the supreme court because obviously that says a lot about his character but it didn't so he has been announced but i want to say uh, um i want to also thank all the protesters all the women all the people who put their bodies on the line down to the last minute before Kavanaugh was confirmed. Because if you guys were watching uh, live on C-SPAN or something, you heard those women screaming, shame, shame, shame. They were literally dragged out off of the Senate floor uh, because they, they kept going. We kept pushing. We did not want this man to be confirmed. But even though he was, we kept fighting. And now that he is, on the Supreme Court, um, this probably will have sweeping consequences for women's reproductive rights, LGBT, LGBTQ rights, and the scope of presidential power. Um, so basically, it this means that the Republicans and the Trump administration are going to get everything that they want. Um, if it happens to be like a legal battle and it happens to like lead up to the Supreme Court, they have the odds are in their favor. Um, so I'll just 
uh, kick things off from there. I mean, you know, uh, I think it was like ten, two, two weeks ago, ten days ago, we also heard riveting testimony from Dr. Christine Baisley Ford. We didn't get a chance to discuss that yeah. um, with you guys because we didn't have a show last week. But a lot has unraveled in the last two weeks around Kavanaugh. Um, so I'll just start with you guys. I'll start with you, Jackie. Um, what was your reaction when you saw a red last night that Kavanaugh was confirmed? Uh, what was my reaction? Um, if Ben, my husband, is watching, he can confirm this, that I he got the push alert that he had been confirmed. And obviously, like, we knew this was coming. We've known for over a day. Um, and I just laid down in my bed for hours. And I cried, and I watched um, Linda Sarsour had... Uh, Facebook live video that I really needed. I'm start crying now. Um, she had a she had a great Facebook live video where she was like, "Don't give up. Like I'm not giving up. I'm I'm still doing this." And I, it was kind of what I needed to get out of bed and move on. But like this has been so hard. This has been you know it's it was like Trump winning all over again. Um, but as a woman who's had an experience similar to dr ford right as many many women have had um it is so frustrating to know that how many decades after anita hill and the same like nothing changes right and and i'm glad you know you keep hearing these opinion polls about how oh more people believe dr ford than believed anita hill and you know things are changing and sure right but in this moment, it, it to me, it's it doesn't matter because he's still going to be on that court. And so we need to show up at the polls in November. That's critical. But at the end of the day, he's still on that court. And so it's like, how much have things changed? Stanley, what was your reaction last night? I feel like I went through a lot of my pain and my rage and my hurt on Friday. Same. Uh, and just like, why would you put that woman through that if you were just exactly. going to do that? Like, you were just going to screw over uh, by Saturday, Alyssa and I were actually in here in these same exact spots um, testing out the sound, and I said something then that I'll say now, um, and it's the elections have consequences. And let's put, and I'm not being facetious when I say this, let's put aside the fact that Kavanaugh is probably a rapist. Let's put aside the fact that Republicans have not like play this entire process fairly at all. Let's put aside the fact that, you know, Kavanaugh is very clearly not a good candidate anyway. Donald Trump won the election. Republicans won the House. Republicans won the Senate. They have every right to put somebody in here. I remember when I was at a, a training a couple of months ago, and we were talking about Obamacare and all the things we didn't like about it. And then the facilitator said something that kind of like made me look at myself. He said a lot of the reasons that Obama responded to like the legislation for Obamacare was because of the way that people from the right responded. They came out in droves. They said they didn't want the public option. They said they didn't want death panels, even though that wasn't real. They showed up. We didn't. So you got what they were able to mold. Well, election day, forget Bernie bros, forget Jill Stein, forget all of that. White people and all Republicans, Uncle Toms and Theo Toms and all that, they showed up. Our base didn't. So you know what? As much as this sucks, as much as this hurts, elections have consequences. And I hope this is the last time you'll have to learn that lesson, but it won't be, unfortunately. Right. I mean, one of the things that Stanley and I talked about yesterday is the fact that they did a poll uh, post-election about what was the number one issue that was most important to voters when they went out and decided to vote, even, especially voters who voted for somebody that they didn't particularly like. And what they found was that Republicans were more likely to vote for Donald Trump, even if they didn't like him because of the Supreme Court issue, than liberals were to vote for Hillary 
Hillary Clinton, even if they didn't like her, um, which is essentially to say Republicans took this issue of the Supreme Court more seriously than Democrats and liberals did. And yeah, so we, there's consequences. But getting back to your initial question, as with Stanley, most of my devastation came Friday night or Friday during the day. I cried, I went home, I had a drink, I tried to get it together, I took the night off, I turned everything off. By yesterday, I was energized. Before I came here, I met Stanley, I went to the march. Right. Um, being out there with other people, you know what? Yeah, it doesn't change the fact that he's going to be on the court probably for the next 25, 30 years. Um, and that's going to have very serious consequences. But it did make me feel like I was actively doing something, that I was taking a stand, that I was marching back. Um, you know, I also wanted to read a really good comment that we got from Chad. And by the way, happy birthday, Chad. Chad's one of our... Oh, happy birthday, Chad. birthday, Chad. It's his birthday. Um, he says, as you all know, I'm no fan of John McCain, but with Susan Collins' confirmation of Kavanaugh, uh, was also a confirmation that any last tattered shred of decency left in the Republican Party died with John McCain. Yeah, and, and I guess that that sort of like sums up my, um, the way that I was feeling about it. Because at one point I was hopeful, like, you know, we were protesting, there was a lot of... Uh, opposition leading in and you know Susan um, Collins we thought that she was well I thought you know maybe she was gonna <laughs> have the decency to vote no and then I forget the other Republican woman who decided to vote present at, instead of yes or no Lisa Murkowski yeah, Lisa Murkowski but it's like they didn't put they did it they didn't go through and I feel like you know they I feel like they were struggling with their convictions over this but yet and still they decided to stand with their party um, for the most part, and now we have this man on the Supreme Court. Well, that's the thing. When you rely on a robber not to rob you, and they rob you, you shouldn't be surprised. But the, the thing that gets me the most upset with someone like Susan Collins, the main U.S. Senator, is that before she said she was voting with, for, with Kavanaugh, she went up there and gave a bullshit 30-minute speech about how much she she agrees with Dr. Ford and she believes her and says we need to trust women and stand by them. And then she supported the rapist. And then, once again, put aside the rape. Alleged. Alleged rape accusations. Kavanaugh's behavior and that hearing should have disqualified him. Look, you know what? This is the same woman, Susan Collins, who immediately called for Al Franken to step down when there were sexual harassment allegations. There is a tweet. There is literally a tweet that Susan Collins right. put out calling for right. Al Franken's resignation uh, based on less evidence that he had actually done anything wrong right. aside from the fact that he admitted, like, yeah, I may have done the, you know, like... Over, over the woman's breast. Over the woman's breast. And he admitted to that. And he talked about how problematic that was. And she called for him to step down. So right. you know what? Like, miss me with that shit, Susan Collins, because as far as I'm concerned, it was all a sham. She was going to vote for him the entire time. She was looking for some of kind of cover That's so exactly that she could right. make herself look good right. so that maybe she doesn't lose her seat. And you know what? There's already been $3 million raised against her for 2020. I think she's going to lose that election, but... Maybe not, because right before that little sham of a speech that she gave, which, side note, I shut off because it was making me so nauseous, um, she went and had a little sit-down luncheon with Mitch McConnell, who I'm sure said, Susan, don't worry. We're going to make sure plenty of money comes your way from our people. Right. So, like, and George W. Bush, who, you know, everybody like was spelling over yeah. last week because, like, he's friends with Michelle Obama or right. something, was, like, calling her up, too. So, you know what? Jeff Flake, Susan Collins, miss me with all that shit. The only person who has a credible iota of, sorry, an iota of credibility left is Susan Murkowski. I think that I, I, I want to just amplify that point that people have been so obsessed with George Bush as if he's not a worker 
criminal and saying, oh, he's like feeding mints to Michelle Obama at John McCain's funeral. He was literally whipping votes for this to happen. He was calling up senators and saying, you need to confirm Kavanaugh, who worked for him under his administration. Right. So it's important to remember that while he's getting like cozy with Michelle Obama at a funeral, like he's actually a bad guy. Don't forget. Well, yeah, he's playing on the, the bad team. So Jackie, what does this pretty much say about sexual assault and how we view it in this country. I mean, you said a few minutes ago that you had a similar experience. Yeah. How does that, how does this, how do you feel about this? I mean, it says what it's always said. It's that it's, it's totally part of the norm, right? That it's, it's culturally acceptable. I mean, like as women, I think I, you know, as a woman, I was, I was conditioned through media, through just the way sexual assault um, and sexual harassment were discussed like on my college campus, that this is something that's your responsibility as a woman to make sure never happens to you. And men will just do this, right? This is just how men are. And you as a woman, it is 100% your responsibility to make sure that this never happens to you. Now, I do think that the conversation about it is changing, certainly in 2018. But I think that for a long time now, that's been the, the narrative. And, you know, I heard a lot of people saying, I mean, you saw the Republican response to Dr. Ford, for the most part, they refused to say that she was lying, right? They said that they believed this happened, but it's, but it probably wasn't Brett Kavanaugh who did it, or, you know, there's no, there's no evidence to prove it. They wouldn't call her a liar. And I think ultimately listening to her testimony, I mean, if you've ever experienced anyone who's ever, you know, touched you in a way where you didn't want to be touched or harassed you in a way that, you know, was unacceptable, you believed her because her story was so true to that experience and i think what it says ultimately is that people didn't not believe her they just believed her but don't really care that much it's not right. something that they care about At the end of the day they want this man in power that's more important and and there were plenty of white women who's who support him too again. right yeah yeah again and so at the end of the day what that says to me is that people it's not that they don't believe her it's just that they don't care yeah, and I would just add because, you know, as your point, you started off talking about, you know, women, uh, women who were like, especially white women who are coming out in support of Brett Kavanaugh. I don't know if you guys follow the hashtag um, beers for Brett, but if you go look at that hashtag, there's nothing but a lot of white women saying cheers to Brett. I'm so happy. Here's a beer for him because, you know, during the testimony, he was like, you know, I really like beer. And the thing is, like, and you see white women coming out in support of him, and it also reminds me of something that just recently happened. Um, did you want to chime in? No, no, no. Okay, okay. Something that recently happened with Anita Hill. Well, it wasn't that recent, yeah. but it happened in 91. I mean, these so, are the same people that voted for the guy that said, grab her by the pussy, okay? So, like, this shouldn't be surprising. Again, white people going to white. Like, when we have to, like, get past and be like, all right, how can we organize our own coalition? And we're going to get to that sort of at the end of the segment. But the more things change, the more they stay the same is what it comes right. down to. This is how Anita Hill was treated back in, you know, 1991 when Clarence Thomas was up. And Clarence Thomas was a black man. You know, you wanted to ask the question, right? What happens if Brett Kavanaugh would have been a black man? You know, I don't know because we sort of saw that before, but okay, the allegations against Clarence Thomas were that he was being a sexual, you know, harasser versus a sexual assaulter. I mean, the fact is that we just don't trust women, we don't believe women, we don't take them seriously, and then we tell them things like, have your rape whistle, don't go out at night, wear, don't wear skinny clothes, like, how come we don't just tell men, don't rape, you know? Like, yeah, the duh. fact that I, can I say that... Selena walked into this room today with a with a rape like assault 
alarm that a lot of Alyssa broke it. It was broken <laughs> and like going off as you came yeah, into the studio, which was sort of appropriate for yeah. the show. But I think, do we have a comment? Yeah, from Albert. From Albert. Okay. Um, do you want me to say? What's the comment? Yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, Albert Camano. Uh, sorry if I'm butchering it. Just says, can't we just block Kavanaugh and Supreme Court by state law that keeps. Um, the Roe versus Wade decision and other laws that we want to not get overturned. I'll take that. So um, we can't, yes and no is sort of the answer to that. Each state could make, for, let's use Roe versus Wade as an example. Each state could protect Roe versus Wade by writing it into their own state constitution. There is a push in New York right now to do that very right. thing, which means mm -hmm. even if the Supreme Court was to overturn Roe versus Wade um, at the federal level, the state constitution here in New York, which can provide greater protections to the citizens of the state, could protect that right. However, because we have a patchwork of states, 50 of them, remember, we have lots of states that not only would not write that kind of protection into their state constitution, but they want to make abortion illegal. And so so, um, you know, essentially that is the answer. Yes, some states could do that, but uniformly the only entity that can protect the right to choose um, as a blanket protection like it is now is the federal government. Well, yeah. Alyssa, um, we know that Kavanaugh's horrible. We know he's probably going to overturn Roe versus Wade or at least try to. Um, but you also mentioned something that was pretty pivotal. You said, what if Kavanaugh was black, right? What if he was a black man? One thing that you didn't say was that if it was a white woman who was accusing a black man, as opposed to a 91 where Clarence Thomas was being accused by a black woman, Anita Hill, I think the stakes would have been much different. And I wanted to throw that question at you, Stanley, because there's definitely a racial divide here. I mean, we see Bill Cosby went down, was arrested, legacy ruined, but we're not necessarily seeing the same type of punishments or, or penalization happening for white men, per se. So a couple of things. Bill Cosby deserves to be die in jail, um, in prison, just first off, so we're all clear on that. The second piece is, um, in relation to white women and their support of Justice Kavanaugh, is that people would think that white women are allies in racial justice and, like, and patriarchy. No, they're not. They just don't like their current like payout in the system of power. And if they get a better payout, they will be completely happy in this racist, sexist system that we have. And that is why you see white women continuously siding with their own oppressors. Now, whether if, if this, if Brett Kavanaugh was a black man, he, he'd be like looking at some real legal trouble. And I believe that with all my heart. So can you just distinguish that? Are you saying all white women allies? No, I'm talking about white, like white, like white women as an institution and a voting block that continuously seems to vote for like the Donald Trumps and the Susan Collins. So white Collins. conservative women? White women. White women, white voting women, the majority black that keeps going for Republicans, that block. Like in general, like they're not necessarily mad about racism, patriarchy, and sexism. They're mad about their payout. They benefit from the system as well. And right. that's why you'll see the majority of white women, even though sexism and patriarchy bothers them too, they're not really upset with everything. They just don't. They want more money. They want a bigger cut. That's all that is. And that's why you'll see a white woman who is dis disgusted by Donald Trump but knows that she will benefit from capitalism and knows that her money protects her. So if abortions are illegal, she can just go somewhere else and get them. This is only going to affect poor people. This is only going to affect black people. This is only going only to affect Latin people. That's what it is. So like, and that's where you get into that space. If, if Brad Kavanaugh was a black man, we wouldn't even be talking about him being a justice right now. We'd be talking about whether he belongs in jail. And I absolutely believe it is racially motivated because we know what Republicans en masse, yes, 
all Republicans feel about black people. Because even if you're not a racist, you know they're a racist in your party, and you do nothing to stop them. You actually prop them up. I mean, what do you say to the black senators, the Republicans, that voted you're for the You're on the Like, I mean, there's, there's not really any ands or buts about it. Like, you can be, if you are a conservative, that's fine. This is not a conservative principle that they're pushing right here. This is a racist, capitalistic principle that aims to hurt people and give a certain group of people the most money. In this situation, the people that get the most money and benefit the most tend to be white people. The people that benefit from controlling women's bodies and therefore keeping them out of the workforce and keeping them from being independent from their husbands are white men. So like when you are a black person who understands the history of this country and this world and you help to perpetuate that system, you are an Uncle Tom. It is like a Jewish person going to a Nazi club and donating money. Well, that being said, um, do we have a comment? We do. Uh, Chad says, you know what I'm sick of? Boys will be boys. I never really liked that, and I never support rape culture, and I really hate being lumped in with those rapey frat bros. Let's just make the line, rapists will be rapists. Yeah, yeah pretty much. But, yeah, and back to, like, uh, Stanley's point about uh, just, like, the racial divide. Like, I-, I get what you're saying because even, I think it was, Betty Mittler, the Bet- woman, Bet- 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 Mittler from, you know, the woman who started in Hocus Pocus, it seemed like she was trying to be an ally recently when she mm-hmm. tweeted um, that white women are the N-word of the world. Like, yeah. she was quoting John Lennon in a song, oh, and yeah. she literally used that quote. And it's like, no, Bette Midler, that's not the case. You just erased the, erased the existence of black women. And to sort of, to say, even like... Like, what did you, how did you think it would be okay to say that? And to me, that is another example of white feminism going wrong. Now, again, like, because it's like they don't really understand, like, the nuance to the N-word and and, and black women and the oppression that black women have, um, you know, individually. They think that it's, like, all women. I don't know. So, you know, that didn't upset me as much as, like, other things because it's just, like, very blatant white ignorance that, you know, if she really wants to be an ally, you can sit with her and talk to her and explain to her why I was wrong, and we could be done with it. Whereas Melania Trump, a woman who came here illegally and got her papers illegally, is in the motherland right now, dressed like a Michael Jackson from Smooth Criminal or a colonizer, and is just, like, sh- like crapping all over the Constitution and all of our principles. Um, Bette Miller... Dumb white lady said dumb white person thing. And as Alyssa has been saying all show, and I feel like I've been saying it for the last two years, white people are going to white. Because no matter how much of an ally you are or what you think you are, you're going to say some white stuff. Yeah. Well, that being said, I do want to just move things along. Uh, because Kavanaugh, he is, he has been confirmed. Mm-hmm. He is the ninth Supreme Court Justice. And this is going to have devastating effects on our country moving forward for a generation. Again, let's not forget, he's only 53. Yeah. So he might be there for at least 20, 30 more years. 30 to 40, like, actually. I, I mean, and I'm, uh, this is hard to grapple with, especially for us people who are on the left and progressives, because it's like we've been fighting for so so hard and so long and to see everything just start scaling back it, it's hard to deal with like what are we supposed to do moving forward jackie <laughs> just you have like, to start with like job. how are we supposed to move forward jackie we have to vote like like i think stanley made the best case for it it's like we can be so mad and so furious over this but like they won you they know, won I, we need to win you know like like, that's it, right? This is how the process works, and we don't like it, and it's devastating, but this is, like, how it works, right? Um, if you 
get if you elect the president that you want, he gets to make uh, or she gets to make a <laughs> but he gets to make a, a selection, you know, recommendation to the Supreme Court that the Senate, if you you know, if your party is not in control of the Senate, you don't get to have a say in who that person gets to be, right? Like we have to vote. First and foremost, it's it's outrageous that And guys, what are you guys doing? To, to push forward like we're all extremely upset if you have any comment or suggestions or recommendations on what can and should be done I mean the Supreme Court seems like it's pretty much set now um chime in let us know on our Facebook live comment feed. or on IG live and if you're listening on a podcast leave leave us comments and we'll definitely get back to you or just tweet at us at beheard underscore radio because we want to hear what you have to say um what do you guys think about court packing oh I mean, mm. look, court packing is inherently problematic. Explain because, what it is. Okay, so just to give you a little brief history lesson, back um, when FDR was president, he was they were passing a lot of laws, and the Supreme Court kept striking down all these laws. And FDR was getting really mad. He really wanted them to uphold some of these laws because the laws that he was putting off were like to help workers' rights and stuff like that. So they were like, in theory, good laws, and the Supreme Court just kept striking them down. So he said, like, okay, I'm going to pack the court, meaning I'm going to add extra justices. Right now we have nine justices on the Supreme Court, but there's nothing in the Constitution that says we have to have nine justices. So theoretically we could have 11, we could have 13, we could have any number of justices, of course, as long as it's an odd number, because otherwise you would end up in situations where there's a tie. So one option would be that if the Democrats took back over and we got a Democratic president, that the Democratic president could appoint more than nine justices. But, obviously, elections have consequences, and then later on down the road, if a Republican gets elected, and now you have expanded the judiciary to 15 justices, now the Republicans can add more justices. So, like, ultimately, I don't think court packing is the way to go. Um, There's some talk about impeachment, trying to impeach a justice. That is something that can be done. But, again, that's just like trying to pass a constitutional amendment. It's very, very difficult to try and impeach a justice. Um, Ultimately, you know, it goes back to voting, like Jackie said, because, like, elections have consequences, like Stanley said earlier, um, and that's the way to change the composition of the Supreme Court. Um, But there's one other thing that we can do that is related to voting, but it's also related to that thing we talked about earlier when I talked about Roe versus Wade, which is you can actually lobby your state legislature to create greater protections in your state for things like LGBT rights, women's rights, um, workers' rights. And so, you know, yes, there is a way to skirt the Supreme Court, and it's easier said when you're living in a state like New York that's a more progressive state, but even if you live in a state that's, like, less progressive, you can run for office you can back progressive candidates we've seen a lot of progressive candidates win in places that you didn't think they were going to win look um the transgender woman danica rome who won in manassas virginia which is a very purple area of virginia that you know sometimes democrats win and sometimes republicans so like there's a lot you can be doing at the local level all politics is local get involved locally because we're not going to change the composition of the supreme court so we do have a question i want to get to facebook live um from um, I don't know if you guys know this person, Ben Sussman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I heard him. So he has a question. Um, I'm going to steal the moderator title for you for a second sure. and, and actually answer it first. If Dems take control in November, how can we ensure that they use aggressive tactics to impeach Kavanaugh instead of just rolling over and accepting it? Which I think Alyssa kind of answered right already. If Dems lose, even when they win, excuse me, he said Dems lose even when they win by not fighting dirty like the Republicans. Garland's recusal is an example of the decency politics that actually hurt the left. So since Alyssa answered a lot of this, I actually want to like 
shifted a little bit. And Ben, just comment if you hate this. But like, do we need to start playing the same way Republicans do? I was literally just thinking that because I feel like if the shoe was on the other foot and Hillary happened to be president and we had two left-leaning judges, they would try to impeach those judges off the Supreme yeah, Court. Duh. Like they would go to any extent. And I don't know why, like I get it, like we're more, more, we have more, like greater morals and we don't want to stoop down to that level and we shouldn't. But the thing is, like Ben is kind of alluding in my opinion, it's like Republicans do whatever it takes to win and they do play very, very dirty. We don't because we take, we, when, like Michelle Obama said, when they go low, we go high. But in essence, is that type of philosophy or ideology hurting us because we won't really get as dirty? We're playing chess, and they've already thrown a board in the garbage. <laughs> That's what it is. I, you know, I, I, I vacillate back and forth between this because, like, why don't we just go as dirty as them? But my concern, I think Alyssa kind of alluded to it, is once you go that route, you can't go back. It's like street beef. Like, once we, like, once this engages, once it hits a certain level, it can't, it's not going to scale back. It just becomes an arms race. And I think the better thing to do, Ben, actually, is a couple of things. If Democrats get the majority um, and hold it in, during 2020 to recut district lines so we can, so we can like, eliminate all these super red and super blue districts. So right now, the way that, like, the congressional district lines are set up is that a lot of elected officials are in these districts that, like, it has nothing but Republicans or nothing but Democrats in there. So what happens is the only people that come out to vote in primaries are, like, the activists, the ridiculous people, which is why you, one of the reasons you have seen Republicans significantly jump to the right, besides them being racist and trash and not having backbones, because they're all afraid of getting primaried by somebody who's crazier than them. Right. So when it's time to, like, redo the census in 2020, um, you know, ancestors willing, we have the majority, and we need to recut those lines so it's more relatable to what the country actually looks like. And I also think that we need to strengthen all of our voting laws, and we need to pass some bills to get money out of politics because one of the big reasons they won is because all that dark money Susan Collins was claiming the left had, no, the right had dark money. And that's money coming from unknown sources using to push a political agenda. They have all this money to push things in a certain direction. And I think that will take us a lot further than trying to be dirty with them because when you get in the mud with a pig to fight, you might get a couple of hits off, but in the end, the pig loves it. We're going to comment from Quali Black, who says, quote, by any means necessary, respectability politics only gets you so far. And I think that's part of what a lot of the left is feeling these days, which is like we tried to go high for so long and we just kept getting shit kicked in our face. And now we're just not going to go high anymore. Um, but again, that does have inherent problems, too, because what ends up happening is we keep getting more divided and more divided and more divided. And the right keeps going further and further to the right. And the left keeps moving further, further to the left. And the farther we get away from each other, the less likely anything gets done. And that's not to say that sometimes it's good that the left pushes hard. You know, we've seen, like, for example, the left pushed Governor Cuomo into supporting legalized marijuana here in New York State, and that's a good thing. Um, but at the end of the day, when you get to the far wings of extremist politics and you start to get too far away from some kind of central and bipartisan ground, then you're going to get in a situation where nothing's ever going to get done because you're never, you know, you're just going to vacillate back and forth and and you're just going to keep going with these, you know, kind of um, extremist politics that we've basically seen has been going on since 2010. Um, and look at what's 
really gotten done, not that much. I mean, and when things have gotten done, it's because the right has won. And that's why they got their tax cuts. And that's why they got their two mm-hmm. Supreme Court justices. And that's why they got Donald Trump, the pussy grabber, as the president. You know, so, like, I don't know. Maybe there is something to be said about Democrats pushing back a little harder and growing a little bit more of a backbone than they have now. Well, I will say, on a positive note, even though both sides and politics are extremely polarizing right now, it the right party, the right wing, the Republican, that party is actually dying out. More and more young people um, are voting and becoming, or joining the Democratic Party, or just voting and becoming more left-leaning. So when you see Generation Z and we continue to progress, like you're going to see more people joining the left. I and all, so. and, and, but and I would say it's our job as people who are like informed and educated and empowered to make sure that these younger people are not just having these these type of philosophies but they're actually using that and taking that to the polls and making a real difference and impact because they naturally are you know they're more diverse they're more accepting they're more tolerable of different ethnicities sexual orientations etc and we just need them to take those attitudes to the polls Unfortunately, we do have to close this conversation up. Uh, And we talked a lot about what we can do moving forward. Um, But I just want to just put all of that into a nutshell about, again, what we can and should be doing. Just drive that message home one more time again, Jackie, on how we can, you know, spend some time. We cried. We protested. We lost this battle. But how do we win the war? I think that we vote in November, right? But in, we vote in every election. I think um, Alyssa made a great point about um, holding local candidates accountable as well. And I think to, to Ben's earlier point, you know, I think that we have to constantly be in dialogue with our representatives because it's not enough to just vote them into office. They need to know that we need them to be aggressive and need them to be pushing back. And they're not going to do that unless they have guaranteed support from their constituents, right? So we need to ensure that they know, okay, I have the back of the people that I represent. I can really oppose this and push back and fight because I know that these people have my back. And the, the flip side of that is that, you know, we have to tell people when they don't do a good job. Right, exactly. And say, you know what, you didn't do what we asked, and like your constituents are no longer behind you, and if you don't make a change, then guess what? We're going to find somebody to primary you. Right. We see this right here in New York yeah. with what happened with the IDC. Exactly. Almost all of those people are gone now. Why? Because they got primary challengers, because they did not listen to their constituents. Exactly. So it's really important that we both support our elected officials when they do things that we agree with and when they grow that backbone, and we tell them to go F themselves when they don't. Um, um, Stanley, in a nutshell, just again, speak to the people, let them know, give us some hope, basically. I got no hope for you. Elections, <laughs> elections have consequences to the winner goes the spoils, yeah. period. All right, and on that note, I'll just close by saying pretty much this, uh, the confirmation of Kavanaugh, it just reaffirms something that I think many of us have been feeling. It's the fact that our faith in a Supreme Court, which theoretically supposed to be above politics, is not. It's an institution that's not supposed to be polarizing. It's not supposed to be political. It's supposed to be the highest point in our, in our government. And even that is seeming like it's crumbling down. But again, don't let the message get lost because we can still fight. We can still continue to make our voices heard at the polls, local elections. Again, as Alyssa said, civil, I mean, local politics matter more than anything else. 
And I will say that if you continue to support Let Your Voice Be Heard, again, our platform, which yeah. is independently run, we don't have advertisers or sponsors, hence why we're here. <laughs> um, but the thing is, you know, we are those independent voices who are seeking and pushing for change. And again, we do that through our mission, which is to inform, educate, and empower. And if you are someone who is aligned with our mission, then please support us. And you can do that on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Be Heard Radio. If you give a small donation, you will continue to support our mission to make sure that the causes and issues that you care about are heard and that we are affecting change. On that note, we are going to say goodbye, but we want to thank everyone who chimed in, especially via Facebook Live, and engaged with us today. We're going to continue to have these Facebook Live shows while our station is under construction. So, yeah, we'll be rocking out like this for the next few weeks, and we'll see you next Sunday.